our mission is to keep the tradition alive. It's up to us. It's our responsibility. Who else is going to do it? Hello, and welcome to episode 209 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVDs for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. And I'm the semi-co-host, Brooks Fallon. <laughs> and with us again, he had to leave early last week, but he's back for keeps this time. It's Chris Kramer. Hey guys, how are you? <laughs> We're doing good. How about <laughs> yourself? I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check out our video game podcasts reviewing everything that happened at E3 if you got a spare five hours on your hands. <laughs> uh, that was a re- really fun episode, I thought, last week. Uh, if you're into video games in E3, I thought it was a very thorough job. I enjoyed it tremendously. Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely in-depth. Um, I love E3 every year. It's always nice to see those big surprises. Yeah, got to get hyped. And we did. We sure did. Yeah, the games looked really good. <laughs> Yeah, so check that out, and uh, if you're a fan of the MMA podcast that we do, stay tuned for the feed, because we're going to do a little bonus episode talking about the Conor McGregor-Floyd Mayweather announcement, but we'll get into that in that episode. Uh, On this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about the movie Split by M. M. Night Shyamalan. He's made his return yet again. Semi-horror. I don't know if you could really call it a strict horror movie, but... We'll talk about that, and to go along with that, we'll talk about our top five dual role performances, since um, James McAvoy had to play 23 different people in this movie. Figured it only made sense. (laughs) And then we'll talk about us we watched, and some of the big trailers that came out in the past week or so. All right. Before we get into it, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, hit us up on uh, Facebook or Twitter at The Red Box Report. And, um, yeah, so Split. <laughs> I wanted Chris to come on for this episode because he was telling me this story a while back about when he first tried to watch it. And, uh, take it away. So basically, my girlfriend decided she wanted to watch Split. Of course, I said that's okay. So we pull it up, and, um, it was on the fire stick, and it was the right picture. So we're watching it and watching it. Two hours go by. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, why has nothing happened yet? Where's the guy with the personalities and the kidnapping? We're watching the movie and we're picking out the girls who are going to be kidnapped. We're thinking the one guy is the crazy guy and he acted like he was crazy. Um, and it turns out that I watched a two and a half hour movie um, <laughs> called Split. It is the world's first romantic bowling comedy. Um, I'll give it probably a 1 out of 10. Um, I was so mad. Uh, definitely if you watch it, you understand what I mean by thinking that the one, the guy with the red hair was going to be the crazy guy. I thought he had a wig on. Uh, another theory was this was all a hallucination from, or she was remembering the past now that she was kidnapped or we were trying to figure this out so much. We, it's, my girlfriend thought that three girls were the split personalities, and we were looking inside of his head. 
But no, it was the world's first romantic bowling comedy. And <laughs> definitely, definitely was not my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. How crazy that uh, a two, 2016 and 2017, both movies called Split, which is completely different. <laughs> and they had to screw up and put it on the one that I wanted to watch. Hey, that's what you get for stealing movies. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me... You were not sober, and this happened. I was completely sober. <laughs> oh, my God. I was 100% sober. That's crazy. I could, it just seems like something you do, like you're smoking up, you're a little out of it. No. I could see that, but, yeah, I mean, hey, it had the right poster, so yeah. you just I, figure I, you get what you uh, didn't pay for. Well, I figured <laughs> after two and a half hours, something should have happened. Yeah. No, so they're a real just, slow burn here. They're just still bowling, and the dude with the... <laughs> But the Fu Man shoe stash is still is still being crazy, and I was so confused. I was I didn't know if this was a five hour movie or He's what was going to, on. Trying to hit that seven ten split. Jesus, that, that is devotion sticking around that long. Look, uh, the the back storyline wasn't too bad. I mean, her father was a great bowler, and she didn't want to follow in his footsteps. But then she met a guy who had a Fu Man shoe and. He, he was a bowler, so then she came in and just rocked everybody away because she used to be really good at bowling. But it uh, <laughs> it, it don't waste your time. No yeah. offense. <laughs> Make sure you check out the right split when you do go to watch this movie. Please do. <laughs> right. Or or if you or if you do watch the world's first romantic bowling comedy, please please comment. Yeah, please let us know what you think. How you how much you liked it. <laughs> know what you're getting into. But the the synopsis for the real movie we're reviewing is three girls are kidnapped by a man with a diagnosed 23 distinct personalities, and they must try to escape for the apparent emergence of a frightful new 24th personality. That's from IMDb. And, uh, yeah, so, obviously you must have been anticipating this movie pretty well, Chris, if you really <laughs> stuck it out with that other movie. Uh, but when you eventually did get to see the movie, did it live up to your expectations? I definitely liked it. Uh, one of the biggest parts that I liked about it was they didn't keep it... I don't know how to explain it. I, I hate them putting this stuff in movies because it makes me pretty angry um but i like that they put that darker side to it where the one girl who was kidnapped had gone through some type of an abuse earlier in and her before life before you go any further <laughs> let me just say we will be spoiling the movie because it's gonna be hard to talk about too much without going into full spoilers so if you haven't seen the movie um either keep listening who cares or check out the movie and come back yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I liked how they put that in there just because it gives, you know, instead of them just all three being helpless, they did something different where she was smart with it because she had gone through a type of abuse. Um, and, you know, she just the way that she, I mean, she told the one girl to pee herself because she thought that, well, she was going to be raped. Um, I just liked that they they didn't make it where they were just three girls who were innocent and didn't have any idea on any type of thing like that could ever happen to them. Mm -hmm. And it just, it, it gave it a different perspective and I like that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I will definitely get into the characters as we go on, but Brooks, how, yeah. had you heard of this movie? Were you looking forward to it? 
What are your thoughts on M. Night Shyamalan, who directed it, and uh, what did you think? Did you accidentally watch a bowling comedy? <laughs> I didn't see the right movie, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that the press for this, like the previews on TV and stuff, was pretty big. They promoted it pretty hugely, so I was definitely looking forward to it. I thought it looked good just from the first preview I saw. You're the um, horror guy. Yeah, I'm a huge horror movie guy. This is, I mean, it's a horror movie, I'd say, but it's more like a thriller almost. Yeah, yeah that's true. I mean, M. Night Shyamalan's a legend. I haven't seen all of his movies, but he's definitely one of the masters of the crafts of the genre. So I definitely wasn't disappointed. Um, my expectations, I think, were filled. There was a few shortcomings, which we'll get into, but overall, I thought it was great. I thought James McAvoy... How do you say his last name? I think it's McAvoy. I've heard yeah. McAvoy, so either way. I thought he did an outstanding job with doing so many personalities and so many characters all in the flip of a switch you know what I mean yeah and I thought that was definitely the best part of the movie but none of the characters were bad none of the acting was bad um yeah I was I, I liked it a lot it was definitely kept me on the edge of my seat I didn't know what was going to happen I was pretty surprised at what actually happened so I mean it was definitely scary and thrilling and I, uh, yeah, like Chris said, like the girls, they aren't just like innocent and dumb. Like the one girl slams her head on the bars and starts going crazy, just doesn't know what else to do. So it was definitely, I think it was all there. It had everything that I thought it was going to be. Nice. I agree. Yeah, I um, see M. Night Shyamalan, he, such a weird career he's had so far as a director. I mean, comes on strong out of the gates with the sixth sense right one of the best maybe horror not it's not it's not even necessarily a horror movie but a psychological movie with a twist uh since at least the 2000s or you know 90s incredible movie comes back with unbreakable another great movie which uh ties into split as well but we'll get into that a little bit later um signs i think it's overrated but still a solid movie Mm -hmm. I like The Village. Yep. I even like Lady in the Water. A lot of people hated it, but man, right after that, he cratered with The Happening, that Mark Wahlberg movie where they're like getting chased by the wind. I mean, it's one of the oh. worst movies ever. No, <laughs> see, I didn't think that. Was, I, I didn't hated think that it was. Movie. I didn't think it was horrible. I thought it was. I thought it was a different idea. The plants going like you know, your humans are destroying the earth, so. Earth's fighting back. Like I mean, I thought it was different. It the was premise different. <laughs> was not bad. Just in execution, I thought yeah. it was laughable. But it's at least funny to watch Mark Wahlberg try to act in that movie. Uh, then he comes back to The Last Airbender, oh, which nope. everybody hates. I mean, because I've never seen Avatar, the anime, I didn't hate The Last Bender as a kid's movie. But yeah, I can see why it's terrible. Look, the anime <laughs> was good. I liked it. It was definitely... I, I wouldn't call it an anime. It's more of a cartoon. Yeah. It's more definitely... Cartoon toned, Yeah, it's more toned for... Um, actually, I think it was on Nick. But... Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely more toned for kids, but that was really good. They had a lot of... Um, it was a really good story, and you really got to know a lot of the characters, and I actually really liked that. That's actually one of the first shows I really got into, got into as a kid, um when I was actually able to understand, like, actually get in-depth with the characters and see what they did there, and uh, I really liked that. And then they just completely butchered the movie. Yeah. Just oh, like yeah. how they butchered the Dragon Ball Z movie. <laughs> That's true, too. Oh, that. my God. I guess it's hard to <laughs> adapt that kind of thing, but even so, they did a terrible job. And then you got After Earth, which is very... 
uh, reputable or uh, recognizable for us on the Red Box Report because it's the only podcast where we recorded the entire episode and then lost the recording uh-huh. and had to, like, we were just so pissed off and just did like a 20 minute, very brief uh, redux. And yeah, After Earth is terrible. And uh, it's only fitting that we lost that review. Uh, Will Smith and his son. I mean, I like Will Smith. And I, I kind of like M. Night Shyamalan. He's made a comeback, but that movie, man. Woof. M. Night Shyamalan. I like some of his movies, but some of the his twists that he, he gets falls in love with the idea of the uh, twist. But. Sometimes he goes a little bit too far. I mean, I like I like the the genre the genre that he does. You know, Sixth Sense, The Village, um, Signs. Even those types of movies are interesting to me. Um, and he just does some, some 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 really crazy twists. I mean, he directed uh didn't he do Devil? About he the was elevator? a producer okay. on that. But I just remember seeing his name. You could and then, see his handprints, fingerprints on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he to bring this all the way around to scenic crowd on my expectations. He came back last year, I think, with the the, the visit, like the found footage movie about the kids who go to visit their quote unquote grandparents, and then. Shit breaks out, and that was actually pretty good. Yeah, I like that movie. And then this movie comes out. I think it's like a January, early February release, which usually is like a dumping ground for bad movies. And I mean, it got a seventy-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which not great, but better than I was expecting after seeing the trailer. And then I heard from a lot of people that they loved it, so I was definitely looking forward to checking out the movie. And I think I'm right there with you guys. I liked it a lot. Maybe even more than I expected to. I don't think it's a perfect movie, but for what it is, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. With the subject matter at hand, like you said, with, uh, I mean, pedophilia, sexual yeah. assault, and all that kind of stuff. Like, for as dark as some of that stuff is, I feel like it's kind of a light movie. Yeah. Like, even I mean, it's got mental illness, but it, it almost has, like, this fun pace to it, or at least... I don't know if fun's the right word, but it's a little more watchable than maybe if you just heard what it was about than you might think. Yeah, and I think that that it was up to, like, James McBoy, like, the way he played those different characters, the one that was kind of dumb but very lighthearted. I think that was, like, what really made that come come to be. Yeah. Yeah, let's get... I mean, he's basically the centerpiece of this movie with the 23 different personalities. We don't get to meet them all, but... Yeah, I mean, he, he did a really, really good job here. I mean, he he had at least four or five of the major personalities made them very distinct. He didn't even have to... Like, at one point, he's wearing the dress as the woman personality, and he, but he doesn't even have to be wearing the different outfits to, to know when he switched personalities. I mean, you got Kevin, the main, who's, what, he's basically hidden away, right, the whole time. Yeah. He's buried. Kevin's actually him. Yeah. Yeah. Until, the original. Until the very end, you say his name and somebody right, comes right. back. I don't know why nobody did that before. <laughs> then but. you got Dennis, the OCD guy who's pretending to be Barry, <laughs> who's the gay guy. And I think Dennis is also the one that has the, He abducted the yeah, girls. He's yeah. uh, got the bad urges or whatever they yeah. want to say. Then you got Patricia, the woman who's also kind of in control of this, but she's, like, a little more good, maybe. And Hedwig, the nine-year-old mischievous one. 
I forget. There's some other ones too, but I know that um, Barry is the one who was in control, um, right? Where he controlled the light, which is basically the consciousness. But um, I think the whole premise of it was that uh, Dennis and Patricia were banned. Same thing as the nine-year-old right. kid; they were banned. But now all of a sudden Somehow they're the they ones. Overthrew the yeah, power. Yeah, they're the ones that are in control. So that's why he's doing all the bad stuff. Yeah. yeah, like you said, it was, like, great. Like, he didn't really even need to be wearing the different outfits. You could just tell by his mannerisms and oh, his yeah. body language, like, yeah. that what was happening. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I just like the way they they describe this battle in his head for this control. Like, he goes to the psychologist, and I know, like, some of it's pseudo-psychology that's obviously bullshit, but I just like the idea behind it, like, as a... You know, um, mental illness is not necessarily an illness. It can give you powers, or like how one personality is diabetic and one personality is gay while the other one's not. Like, I like the idea that it's so strong, these split personalities, that they actually have different weaknesses and strengths. Where, and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not like very cut and dry, and like it's very much about like the power of the mind and. Like said, like a different personality could be diabetic. Like that's very like shows the power of the mind and what yeah. it can really do. Yeah, they they said that um some of the different personalities like it actually changes the way that the body uh releases its chemicals. So like one personality can have certain chemicals going where they're more feminine, and then and it's actually literally they're producing right. A, a feminine chemical instead of say one of the guys where they're producing more of a masculine chemical uh, it changes the whole way that their own body is just through their own personality it's that strong in their mind yeah I like how they can they kind of continue that with this whole whoever has the light is in control like they kind of put more of a sci-fi fantasy spin on it which I think it's cool, and that's part of what makes this more of a fun thriller than a dark, dark uh, horror movie. And I, I thought the psychologist was a really good character as well. I, I thought that actress did a great job, and her role in the movie has kind of like almost his only friend, the only friend this villain has. But then she's slowly figuring it out and figure, trying to figure out a way to to stop it. I, I like the whole role she played. She wasn't in it too much, but just enough to be a rootable character. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Like, I mean, he's got, like, these girls kidnapped back at his house and he's still going to a psychologist. And yeah. It just, it gives a very good aspect to the movie where it's, like, he knows there's, like, a crime being committed at his house, yet he's going to the psychologist and these different personalities and stuff. And Even though She's trying to ask him about it and trying to, like, see through these different layers. Even though technically it wasn't a house, and that kind of what was it? I can't. It was remember. a zoo. He was in the basement of a zoo, and uh, that yeah. like threw me off. But it made sense because when the girl found the radio and she goes to call somebody for help, he's like, "Oh, whatever. Tell him I'll give him his money next week." And then at the very end, when they're walking out, you see the guy in the booth, and he like shits himself, like bug eyes wide open, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I thought it was weird how nobody noticed that anybody had been down there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Let alone people being held captive. <laughs> you know, you think somebody would go down there once in a while. 
<laughs> yeah, seems like he's done this before. Maybe he's got his safeguards, whatever. But True. along what you're saying, Brooks, I like how it's it, the guy. It's Kevin, but it's Barry, or no, it's Dennis pretending to be Barry, who's in Kevin's body. Yeah, yeah. going to the psychologist. Like that's pretty, uh, pretty uh, convoluted, but good at the same time. And she called. Uh, yeah, it's like the story moves on and. I think like the, the psychologist can kind of see that. And yeah, she yeah. Picks up on the fact that he's the one personality is trying to fake the other one. Like, yeah, I like how she's knows him enough to know when, like, he, like she sees right through it almost immediately. Yeah, she definitely caught on. Yeah, I, forget, I don't know if it was like a question she asked or something, but the, like I think it was like the way he responded or something. I think she's like, she straight. She actually just legitimately called him out. She said. She's she knows he had OCD, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She noticed that he moved one of the little bowls, and she's like, "So who am I talking to? This yeah. is Dennis, isn't it?" And he's like, "No, <laughs> I mean, never she, met you before." Yeah, yeah, she said, "I never met you before." Uh, but I mean, she hit the nail on the hammer. I mean, the <laughs> nail on the head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, good point. And uh, the actress is Betty Buckley, so just give her a shout out. She did a really good job. Yeah, and I guess we'll get into the girls, where I think the movie starts from their perspective, right? When, like, there's at a some kind of party, yeah. after school function, and uh, Casey, who's played by Anna Taylor Joy, who was great in the horror movie The Witch from a year or two ago, and she was also in this movie Morgan, which sucked, but her performance was good, and I thought she was great here again. She's like this offbeaten, not offbeaten pad, like uh, she's like a more of a loner. Because of her experiences with her uncle, yeah. which uh, he was physically and sexually abusing her as a child. She almost shot him. <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy scene. And, uh, I was kind of hoping she would. I normally turn movies off when it starts doing stuff like that. I can't. I can't sit there. I can't yeah, sit there and rough. watch it. I get. It's rough. I mean, I get worked up. Like. Yeah. Yeah, that I was a real it. shitty situation because her dad dies, right? Yeah. And then she's and then, left and then with she has him, to go with him. It's fucked up. But, I got uh, real mad. <laughs> Yeah, so she's a brooding teen, and then these bubbly girls, uh, Claire Bennett and Marsha, played by Haley Lou Richardson and Jessica Sula, um, they kind of like give her a ride, or they're giving her a ride to school or something like that. Her dad, Haley Lou Richardson's dad is, anyway, and they get in the car, you see it in the trailer, she looks in the rearview mirror, sees like something on the ground, and next thing you know... James McAvoy's character is in the in car, the car. <laughs> and like sprays them. Yeah, chloroforms the two girls in the back. Then kind of looks at her, takes a beat before doing the same to her. Like he can almost tell immediately that she's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, that's what actually saves her in the end. Yeah, I but I, about that. I like. I thought all the girls did a good job. Uh, Haley Lou Richardson, she was in The Edge of Seventeen. The teen sex comedy from last year that I thought was really really good on, yeah, I agree. on here I've said it was like the best teen sex comedy since Superbad but not nearly as good as Superbad but very good movie um, Anna Taylor-Joy like I said was great in The Witch and I thought she was great here um, she doesn't play it like some movies when it's the different one or the brooding one obviously they're going to try to make her out to be like super smart above everyone I thought they played it cool enough where she still came off as a realistic teen but just a little bit smarter than the other ones yeah and uh the other girl was fine too you know she didn't stand out as much to me but she did a fine job and like chris was saying when we first started talking about the movie 
I liked the interact the way they all interacted in captivity, trying to escape. I thought it was semi-realistic. Like they they didn't just do outright stupid things. It was at least semi-plausible where they're trying different things, like the ceiling mm-hmm. and. Uh, I can't remember some stuff. It's been a while since I saw the movie, but... The ideas that they had actually did make sense. Yeah, like, they finally were able to get out in the open into the kitchen to get a meal, and one of them just goes too quick with trying to do something, like hit him in the back of the head and run away. Like, just didn't have the patience to just sit there and bide a time, and, uh... Yeah, I thought all of that was done pretty well. Now, see, I got mad when the, I forget which girl it was, but it was the scene where they were in the room right when she got the radio, and she had a bat in her hand, and she didn't hit him upside the head. I thought yeah, that was yeah. a... I, I True. Mean, I feel like... But, uh, yeah, I thought, like, the, all the girls did a great job, and the way they portrayed the characters that they had to play were oh, yeah. awesome. And, like, just a touch on, like, what Chris was saying, like, about the girls' past with their uncle and all, how... Like you said, you turn movies off and stuff. I think that's, like, one of the best aspects of film. Like, when something is portrayed so well and a character is played so well that you're, like, really there and you're very invested in their life to the point where it's affecting you, like, emotionally yeah. or yeah. however. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, like, one of the most powerful aspects of film. Yeah. yeah. I, I, the only reason that I did like that in this movie, that aspect, um, was that... It, it, like I said, it changed the way that she was compared to the other girls. Um, it wasn't drastic, but she knew enough about that type of a situation to be able to be more use and to t- explain to them what to do. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely... I, I hate movies that have that in it. <laughs> I've always been like that since a kid. Yeah. I mean, it's, I like that it's almost a similar idea. Like, she survives the whole thing almost because of that trauma almost because that trauma almost just like um, James McAvoy's character how that the trauma he's suffering through creates the beast the monster that comes out at the end like the trauma she suffered through and survived I feel like she's gonna have something special like a power I feel like it come uh, out I, feel I don't know like about it, if power is the right word but I feel like it helped her handle uh it a lot better and keep her cool compared to everybody else. Especially the way she handled Hedwig. Yeah. And yeah, trying yeah. to convince him to open up the window, which really is just a picture of a window. Yeah. It, she definitely kept her cool a lot better. Did anybody notice at the end when the police officer says, your uncle's here? Mm-hmm. I, I got so mad at that. Yeah, so her uncle picks her up. But you yeah. can just tell, though. She was looking at... She's not going to let it happen. Like, well, she was looking at the police officer, and I think... I, now, I mean, obviously, it just cut off, which I was kind of upset with. I kind of would have liked to see him get arrested or something. But Yeah, I just... Because of this connection to Unbreakable, which is was a hidden superhero movie in and of itself, where in that movie, you got Unbreakable guy, um, Kevin Dunn, I think is his name, uh, played by Bruce Willis, who's... He suffers through this... I can't remember exactly what happened. He suffers through some kind of trauma, and that's how he gets his unbreakable skin. And the same with Mr. Glass, the villain in that movie. So trauma in this world that they've created leads to... Powers. Powers or some kind of extra special ability. So I think she's going to get tied into that in the 
They've already announced the like third movie it. in this series is going to be called Glass, and it's going to have like all the players from these two movies. Together. Yeah, we're really going to tie the worlds together. But yeah. just to like touch on what was what uh, Chris was saying, like at the end when they say like your uncle's here, like he definitely can see like some terror in her eyes. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Else, like Bob was saying, I don't think she's going to like let that happen. Like she like look to the cop for help or whatever. It's like. She's going from one one nightmare back to yeah, another. She came up in, but I think, like you said, trauma is going to be super powerful in the series. So I think probably in the next movie we'll see how that yeah. works out and how she be able to get through it. Yeah, I, I hope we do. I hope we get to see a resolution to that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to. I, I liked her character a lot. I'd like to see her again. That'd be really. I never thought of it like that. I knew that it had a. Uh, Mr. Glass and uh, the Unbreakable guy. I knew about that, but I never thought about her. Had you guys seen Unbreakable? Nope. So you probably were like, what the hell is Bruce Willis doing in the last 30 seconds of this movie? Well, I noticed him and my buddy. I had read about it. I knew that there was that reference there, but I didn't really quite understand it. I did read a little bit about it, but I just knew that it was... And now, like, thinking about it and talking about it, they're definitely just, like, kind of tying the world together. Yeah, to me, I know a lot of people lost their minds over it and were like, oh my god, that's amazing. My buddy did. He jumped off the couch. To me, it was like, it didn't have to be tied in. I think it's a cool idea, the way they did it. Like, that Unbreakable was a secret superhero movie, and this is a secret uh, sequel to that movie. I like that idea. To me, it just felt a little tacked on. Like, okay, last 30, 60 seconds of this movie, we'll just throw this in to tie it all together. It wasn't like... If it would have happened halfway through or something like that, then I would have been, like, a little more convinced. But it was, like, so last second. It just felt a little tacked on to me. And I, Yeah, I think that, like, leads to, like, M. Night Shyamalan's, like, Stop. what dream for twist and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, he really, like, wants to throw something at you. Like, and it's set to the point when this movie's now, like, you know some kind of twist is coming. You don't might not know what it is, but it's coming in some sort of fashion. So yeah. I think that's just like his little touch on, on what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't hate it. It just was like, I didn't fall in love with it the way a lot of other people did. Now, the only thing that I didn't like, but once the ending happened when it came out to the Mr. Glass stuff, my, I mean, my buddy jumped off the couch and explained it to me. He was ecstatic. Um, <laughs> I didn't like where he's crawling on the ceiling. As the beast. Oh yeah, I was going to ask, what do we think of the actual beast when that comes out? So yeah, that, I was going to say that. You didn't like that. It was everything about the beast was fine. Everything before that, but when he's crawling on the ceiling, I was like, okay, this is getting a little cheesy because I was thinking, okay, it's a real world movie, not a right. See, um, yeah, and I knew the twist already before I watched it. So see, yeah, it didn't. I could see how that could fall a little flat because they are playing it pretty straight for the most part. Exactly, and that's that's what got me. I mean, I was not expecting this man to be on the <laughs> ceiling crawling, but and then he says he's the horde, and I see my first idea was uh, we are Legion, um, the Antichrist. I thought because they called him the Beast, I thought that was like the tie-in on that character, but I was completely wrong. It was the Mister Glass stuff. But yeah, yeah. It definitely threw me off guard. What'd you think, Brooks? Yeah, like, uh, when I first saw it, like, the first time I watched the movie, right after it finished, I was very unpleased with it, because, like you said, they shoot pretty straight the whole movie, and it's very, like, psychological and plausible, like, mental illness is strong, and your mind is strong, so it can do very big things, like, 
split personalities can have different aspects to them. But when the whole beast thing came out, I didn't see it coming in that kind of fashion. I thought he was either going to like kill them or get caught. I didn't know what was going to happen. But when that like started happening, like he bends those bars and <laughs> like crawls on the ceiling, and he's he's fucking he's basically like a superhero, superhuman. But I mean, now that we're talking about it, I like can see where it can have like good aspects to it where. It was kind of a horror movie, psychological movie, and they threw that little bit of fantasy in there where he's turns into, at the end, really breaks through and the psychoticness comes out. But at first, I was I really didn't like it. It almost, at right, like I said, right when I finished the movie, it almost ruined it for me because I was that displeased with how they threw that in. But now thinking back on it and how we're discussing it, I, I can see how it was a good aspect of the movie because it doesn't have to all be true and all but yeah I mean I, I like the movie as a whole it definitely didn't ruin it for me like like I've been saying like the power of the mind it was, that was a big part of the movie at least for his character I think so it didn't ruin it for me I definitely didn't like it I think there's a few different ways you could have gone about it but I'm really excited how to see how they're going to tie these worlds together in the next movie yeah yeah, I think it's going to be cool as maybe he gains power and, I mean, him fighting Bruce Willis is Kevin Dunn, or I th- God, I hope that's his name, and I'm just saying the wrong name over and over again, but <laughs> him, like, those two going at it would be cool with, like, Mr. Just, Glass pulling the strings or, like... Yeah, just real quick, since we're, like, on spoilers, I guess we should say, like, at the end of the movie, the girls get free and all, but, uh... McAvoy's character does go free like he does not get locked up or yeah, yeah. any repercussions from this happen he He's definitely gets out free and clear yeah. and, and one of the things that I got off of that he says let's show them our power so I kind of feel like I don't know I feel like he knows like those other personalities other than the beast know that the beast is like superhuman um, and I think that they're all like getting behind him. Well, it's going to be weird because I feel like some of the people, some of the personalities are probably like, obviously they they wanted this, and then some of them are just like scared and yeah. wanting to get back to normal in some I mean, way. So it's probably going to be more of like a battle in his own head too. That last personality was eating people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, raw on the floor. <laughs> yeah, like I think that's going to be a big aspect of. His character in the next movie is the battle in his brain, the yeah, yeah. trying to work through things. And I didn't mind. Just on cool. the subject, I, I didn't mind the beast. I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't think it was like it almost reminded me of the lizard in the Spider-Man <laughs> movies or something like that. I definitely thought it was cool until he's on the ceiling. I mean, I can I can see him eating somebody. I mean, just being like wild, like acting like a wild animal. But yeah, I don't. I, I mean, crawling up a wall. <laughs> It was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Mr. Hyde-ish. So. All right, yeah, overall I thought it was a good thriller, solid horror movie, really fun movie to watch. Um, seven and a half out of ten, definitely would recommend people check it out for me. Yeah, I agree in that sentiment. Like I said, at first I was very unhappy with the ending, but now looking back on it, discussing it, I definitely enjoyed most of the movie. I thought all the actors did a great job with their characters, especially James. I mean, that's a hard role to take on. Yeah. Doing all those things. I'm going to give it like a 7.8 out of 10. I think it's definitely worth the watch. Um, I hope people have watched it before listening to this and we didn't ruin anything. But <laughs> hey, I, I think, gave a spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, I just I think it's definitely worth the watch. It's a great thriller. It's 
it's a good uh, addition to Shyamalan's library. Yeah, I would agree. Chris? I, I completely agree with Brooks. I was kind of upset about the ending until my friend explained to me the Mr. Glass thing. Um, never seen it, but he explained it to me. You should check it out. It's a good so, movie. I probably will. Uh, but definitely the whole movie as a, the movie as a whole was good. Um, definitely uh, James McAvoy's part was definitely a hard part to play with all of those different characters. But he did very, very well. Um, I like the characters of the other... I like the other characters um, and the way that those characters uh, were put into it and the role that they did play. Um, overall, it's a really good movie, and I'd rate it I'd rate it probably 7.8, 7.9, maybe an 8 out of 10. Right. It was definitely good. We're all in the same range, same idea. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very excited to, for the next movie in the series. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it, no doubt about it. I, uh, I, hope, that, I hope that it does have a lot about his uh, battle with his mind. I think that'd be really cool. I like the title, Glass, and uh, it's scheduled for 2019 as of now, so not okay. too far away. Yeah. Uh, not as far as the first Unbreakable to this. It was like 16 years. So. <laughs> but uh, speaking of James McAvoy having to do multiple performances in the same movie, let's get to our top five dual role performances. Unfortunately, Chris doesn't have a list. I don't know this many movies <laughs> to be able to give you guys a list. So that's all right. Yeah, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, we'll, think, we'll power through. I think some of the Tyler Perry movies. Yeah. He did, sure. Medea movies. He did yeah, multiple just roles. five different <laughs> Medea movies. <laughs> I'll start off with this, all right? All right, yeah, but what do you think in general? Like, when a movie has the same actor playing two roles, do you, do you think uh, that's a good thing or a bad thing? Or does it obviously Well, it just depend? depends on how it's portrayed and how it goes about. I mean... I think there's some movies that have blown it, and there's some movies that have done great. And as we were talking before this podcast, I thought my list was going to end up having a lot of comedies because you have a lot of like Miss Doubtfire. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the Eddie Murray one? Uh, Coming to America. Yeah. Well, the, the, you know, there was another one. Uh, he plays like an old lady, old fat lady. Oh, like uh, yeah, Doctor Doolittle or yeah, 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 Chris, the Cranks or yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought there was going to be a lot of comedies end up in my list, but there's definitely a lot of serious performances. I've definitely landed on more of those than comedies. Yeah, cool. So, uh, speaking of that, I'll start off now. My number five is our title for the episode here. It's Split. I thought James McAvoy really did a strong performance in this movie. I mean, like you said, he had different outfits for some of the personalities, but you didn't even need him. Like, you could tell him the mannerisms and the way he acts. He really, really portrayed it. And it was super strong, like, in the psychologist's office with the one personality trying to fake as the other and having some problems doing that. I thought it was amazing. Definitely a very strong performance. It probably even should be higher on my list, but I just put it on number five because it's a newer movie. And yeah, so recent. Yeah. Yeah, good call. But, yeah, uh, my number four is actually going to be the social you know network. Let's do one at a time. Oh, okay, all right. No, no problem. Uh, yeah, that's a good call. Um, another really recent movie that had dual performances is Alien Covenant. Uh, Michael Fassbender playing two different androids, but I haven't seen the movie yet. But I keep hearing rave reviews about his performance, so definitely looking forward to checking that yeah, out. Yeah, that's in my honorables. Yeah, that's a movie I want to see. And, um, yeah, I think, like you said... 
this can be good or bad, uh, depends on how it's obviously done. Um, sometimes it can lead to like an incredible performance, like James McAvoy and Split, or sometimes it can come off really cheesy and just almost laughable, especially yeah. in some of the comedy situations. But um, yeah. yeah, my number five, really it's Cloud Atlas as a whole, but specifically Duna Bay, or Duna Bay, I don't know how you pronounce her name, um, the um, Asian girl in that movie. Have you seen Cloud Atlas? No. Uh, that's like, you got Hugh Grant, Tom Hanks, Halle Berry, all these great great actors uh, playing, I feel like it's six or seven time periods where the the movie is like two and a half, three hours long, spans over these six or seven time periods, and each actor plays a role in each time period. But like, um, Haley Berry plays a 70s cop in one, and she's like some futurist. I can't remember exactly, but it's like they're playing wildly different characters throughout time. And the Duna Bai, God, I don't even want to say her name because there's no way I'm saying it right. <laughs> uh, she was my favorite part of the movie. I thought she knocked it out of the park. There's a sci-fi uh, part of the movie that I thought rivaled any Star Wars film, and I just thought her performance was uh, incredible in the movie, and I love the movie as a whole. I think it's very, very underrated. Yeah, that's a good choice, definitely. Um, my number four is going to be The Social Network. I actually don't even know the actor's name, but... Army the, Hammer. The Winklevoss twins. Um, it was, I mean, it's like probably almost eight, ten years ago the movie came out. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe six or seven, I don't know. But it was it was awesome how they did it. I mean, both of the twins were in the same frame a lot of the movie, a lot of the scenes they were in, and it was seamless. I mean, I, you wouldn't have known it was the same person doing it kind of a split role you would have thought they were identical twins but I thought it was great the way they filmed it the way they produced it yeah absolutely I love that movie and that was an honorable mention for me as well um, yeah very ahead of its time as far as like the technology because yeah I had never seen Army Hammer in a movie before The Social Network and I would have assumed it was actual twins so yeah. definitely worked out well in his favor there. My number four comes from my favorite movie of all time, There Will Be Blood. Uh, it's actually a semi-interesting story behind this one. It's Paul Dano. He plays the brothers, the Eli brothers, in uh, in this movie. And it's he was only originally cast as, I feel like, the, um, the lesser of the brothers who got less screen time. But then, for whatever reason, the guy they cast to play the the, the minister version, the brother who, who is, has a bigger role, it just wasn't working out. And they were already into filming, so they didn't want to have to go through the casting process. Paul Dano stepped up to the plate, and there you have it. And it turned out to be, I mean, to a lot of people, it's an all-time great. To me, it's the best movie I've ever seen. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, who just announced he was retiring this week from acting after his next... His next uh, collab with Paul Thomas Anderson uh, gives one of the all-time great performances in the history of cinema. And, uh, yeah, that's my number four. Yeah, that's an incredible movie. Definitely one of the best movies, and I think Daniel B. Lewis is 
in my top three best actors of all time. Yeah, sure. dude's a legend. He doesn't pick a role unless it's like a great one. <laughs> yeah, definitely studies that. Um, my number three is going to be basically the Austin Powers series. Um, it's a comedy. It's my only comedy that actually made the list. I think Michael Myers does an incredible job playing all these different characters, fat bastard, Austin <laughs> Powers, a bunch of... Get in my belly. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's it's hilarious. They were classics back in the day. I mean, not that long ago, but like 10 years ago. Well, Maybe you'd be more. surprised, 20 years. Yeah, and I, I mean, they're great movies. They're classics up there with like Dumb and Dumber and Captain Ron for me in the comedy genre. genre. So, I, I mean, I just love those movies. That, I mean, I guess you could say they're a little corny, but it's pretty clear that it's just like funny characters like it's not very serious and they definitely put like a lot of makeup on and like a fat suit whatever and I just think it's hilarious the way they do it and he's in the same frame some scenes and stuff and you can't tell it's not like obvious so I think it's probably the best comedy dual role yeah that's a really great choice uh, that SNL background really paying off for my players yeah. He's really good at that, dressing up in ridiculous outfits and over the top personalities. Yeah, the the first two movies of that franchise, anyway, are classics. I didn't particularly like Goldmember all that much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, My number three is a movie I bring up a lot on here as one of the most underrated, underseen movies, at least in the of the past twenty years or so. Uh, Well, it hasn't been out that long, but. It's uh, Sam Rockwell in the movie Moon. Have you seen it, Brooks? No, I've never seen it. It's in my top ten or so of all time, the movie really? itself. Yeah, it's um, it's about Sam Rockwell, who... It's almost just like a two-hander movie where it's him on the moon, obviously, uh, doing work. He's, like, uh, doing whatever. He's taking this little machinery out to excavate things on the moon and he he has this there's this computer much like uh 2001 a space odyssey uh voiced by kevin spacey and it's basically just them going through the routine until um you know shit starts hitting the fan yeah and um it's just an awesome twist to it uh sam rockwell is incredible like this is i mean i was always a fan of his but here's when i just completely fell in love with the guy as an actor and man i can't i say it a lot on here i can't recommend it highly enough if anyone hasn't <laughs> seen it you have to check it out it's one of the best I, sci-fi movies of all time really yeah it's fantastic yeah i definitely have to see that um moving on my number two is um one of my favorite actors of all time also tom hardy in uh, Legend. It's a relatively new movie. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought it was outstanding the way he does it. He plays twins. Or not twins. Um, not twins, right? I'm sorry, I'm getting this confused. Yes. With they're, I think they're twins. I haven't seen the movie. so Yeah, it's like, it's like 1960-ish, I think, like London crime kind of drama. But, I mean, Tom Hardy plays two very different style characters one's like uh like a romantic kind of lead and the other one's like maniac kind of criminal-ish it's a very good movie um i'm not going to spoil for anybody just because i think it's definitely worth the watch and checking it out and i think every 
performance at Tom Hardy's is incredible, and I was. It's definitely cool to like see him do one of these dual roles, and I think he pulled it off perfectly. Nice. Yeah, I still have to check that out. I don't know why I haven't gotten around to it. I love Tom Hardy. I like mob movies, so it seems like it should be right on my alley. Yeah, definitely. My number two is a movie me and Casey reviewed on here. I want to say in the first year or two of the podcast. Um, it's another underseen movie that I think everyone should check out. But it's probably not for everybody. But anyway, it's Jake Gyllenhaal. In one of my favorite actors, again, in Enemy. This is Denny Villeneuve's movie that came after Prisoners, but before Sicario and before Arrival. It's a great little psychological thriller about uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, who plays two guys. All right, that's obvious. They're identical. They have, like, one's a professor and one is uh, an actor. And they have, he has different girlfriends. And all of a sudden, like, I feel like he calls himself... Somehow they start, like, getting in touch with each other. And all this psychological crazy shit goes down. Very weird movie. Bizarre. I love it. Um, I, I we did Just go ahead and listen to that podcast we did. That was one of my favorites. I think it made my top five or ten favorite episodes we did uh, on episode 200. Yeah, I just thought that was a fun review where we really got into it. I just like the the meta stuff with Identity Crisis and it's a great movie and great performance. Yeah, I, I have not seen that but I did a little bit of research on that for this list. Um, I definitely like Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, I don't think he ever really mails in a performance. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's I feel like he's one of the most underrated actors around. For sure. Um, I guess moving on to my number one, it is, uh, it took me a long time to see this movie. I only saw it like a month or two ago, but it's, I think, a classic, um, The Prestige. Yes. It's, uh, the whole dual world thing really ties into the storyline, so I don't know if I should discuss it a whole lot, but... Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I hope even saying that doesn't even ruin the movie, but... No, I mean, it's been out a while. We don't have to get into it, but just basically Christian Bale is awesome in that movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he pulls it off incredibly. It's it's something that I think you even have to see more than once, because once you know like how things tie together, it's a movie you can like watch and look for signs and things yeah. like that. It's an outstanding movie. It's got the Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale and... Uh, the old guy from Batman movies what's his Michael name Michael Caine yeah yeah so it's, it's an incredible movie I think it's very awesome it's also got Pierce Brosnan in it um, so David I think Bowie it's huh? David Bowie yeah <laughs> oh is that David Bowie yeah oh I thought it was Pierce Brosnan as Tesla yeah oh yeah. wow yeah man it's a good movie as honorable mention for me so um alright my number one it's Nicolas Cage. Oh, boy. It's not in Face Off, which is an honorable mention for me. Okay. That's just a fun uh, action movie right there. It's Adaptation. The um, Spike Jones movie from the mid-2000s, or early to mid-2000s, I can't remember. But uh, yeah. that is one of the great movies. Uh, Spike Jones. he's one of my favorite directors. He's 
He doesn't make bad movies, and Adaptation is no exception. Nicolas Cage, obviously, can uh, really put in some stinkers and uh, just <laughs> mail it in and just take the paycheck. But He's got some great ones, though. Yeah, he really is, like, an enigma because the dude, when he wants to, he can act his ass off, and Adaptation is a prime example of that. He plays twin brothers that are screenwriters, and... Um, it's hilarious and it's really well done like I knew Nicolas Cage for his shit movies in the mid 2000s onward mostly and then I eventually went back and saw like Raising Arizona uh, Leaving Las Vegas like all his classic movies that he really made his name on and now I kind of understand why he is the big name that he is he's awesome yeah, one of my favorite movies is he plays the gun runner. Um, I forget what it's called. Lord of War. Yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. Matchstick Men, Kick Ass. Yeah. Yeah, like he, when he wants to, he can do it. But he's also got a lot of shit out there. Yes. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about it. They even make fun of that in uh, Master of None, which is a awesome show on Netflix. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into what else we watched recently chris hasn't talked in a while <laughs> you've been watching anything recently um get into orange is the new black season five? Oh yeah definitely watch that um i watched I'm, that as well i'm a big fan of orange is the new black uh watch logan um well let's talk about orange is the new black what'd okay. you think of uh season five uh i definitely liked it it was a different way of doing it um i liked the idea of them going on riot and them not being prisoners for a little while. Yeah, it's like the the prisoners take over the the jail and the whole season takes place over four days. Yeah, I I, I liked. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, 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 it definitely was. I liked I liked to see how they were when they did that. You know, all out anarchy or if some people were going to still hold it together. Um, definitely showed. Uh, uh, I mean, throughout the whole show, you know, I kind of thought still you know some of these girls are innocent you know they act you know they act very innocent and Mm -hmm. you know with this riot it shows how they aren't innocent Uh, (laughs) um i mean doing what they do to the guards you know i mean it just shows that they stuff yeah yeah instead of having that light aspect of orange is new black it kind of gave you a different view of some of the characters shit just got real uh but it was definitely a filler season um because all of the main problems that was going on in Orange is the New Black wasn't uh they put they, on hold a little bit yeah. with uh, uprising. Yeah, they weren't they weren't really touched. Uh but it was it was definitely who, a good who season. Who are your favorite characters? On Orange is Overall the New Black. or just this season or? Who's the uh who's the blonde crazy lesbo droggy? <laughs> oh, the hippie with the curly hair? Who's in love with the uh Oh um with the, with from the, American Pie? Maybe. With, who's in love with the crazy Italian girl? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I know. I don't remember the character's name. I forget her name. But she's, she's from American Pie. She's, she's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. For whatever reason, um, I, I like, definitely. I like, like her. Tasty, and I thought I do like Tasty. She had a really good uh, storyline this season. Yeah, I do. I, like I liked tasty. her story arc in season five. Where would you rank season five with the other seasons? I'll start. <laughs> I'll say <laughs> season two is my favorite. Season one would be next, then season four, then season five. Season three is the only one I didn't really care for. I would say season five is still very good, not as good as 
one, two, or four, but better than three. I'm going to be completely honest. I do not exactly remember the other seasons They kind perfectly. of just run together. Yeah, I don't remember them perfectly. Uh, so I can't exactly rate. Uh, it was definitely a good season. I wouldn't say that this season was my favorite, though. Uh, I will say that. So at least there's that with it. Um, but it was a good season. Um, I did yeah. like it. Cool. Yeah, I agree. Brooks, what have you been watching? Uh, I've got actually quite a few things. Um I really don't watch a whole lot of TV, but I've been a little under the weather. <laughs> and yesterday, I kind of like binge watch this. This it's kind of weird, like a series on Bravo. It's it's called uh, it's Below Deck Mediterranean. Okay. It's this ser- It's like a TV series reality show about uh, it's like a luxury yacht, like a hundred fifty foot yacht, and it's a reality show basically about like the crew that works on the show and. Um, like they have all these different guests come on every episode for like a three day charter they bring them around like the Mediterranean Sea and it's just about like the crew and all their drama and sexual tension and stuff like that it's Love it. like very real world-ish kind of stuff like that and I was hooked I was like just like laying on the couch not feeling well yesterday and I binge watched like six or seven eight episodes something and That's I mean it's got beautiful girls on it and <laughs> like I said, a lot of like real world kind of drama. I don't watch much stuff of that, but I kind of got hooked on it. I was definitely enjoyed it. Hey, you know I'm not going to judge you because you know what I did on my day off on Monday was <laughs> wake up early so I could see the Big Brother 19 cast announced <laughs> and sat there for four hours as they did the live interviews one by one with, with the cast nice. members. So, nice. yeah, I'm not going to judge you for watching that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I said, that's not really what I divulge into, but it definitely caught my attention, and I, I definitely enjoyed it, and I'm definitely going to watch as the season continues. Nice. It's on Bravo, it's on TV, it's just a TV reality show, but other than that, I've definitely I've got some movies here I watched, actually, Bob, me and you went and saw The Godfather 1 in, theory, in theaters like two weeks ago, I think it was. Yeah, we talked about that on... Uh... Yeah, but uh, since then I watched Godfather oh, 2 and 3. Nice. And, uh, I mean, Godfather 2 is just as much as a masterpiece as the first one, if you ask me. Which one's better? I'd have to go with number two. Wow, I disagree. Very, very close, but I don't know. I have just to, like I have to the rewatch Michael, the second one. Huh? I have to rewatch the second one. Yeah, I just like the way Michael Corleone's character develops. and I mean, you see him really evolve in the first one to the Don Corleone. Um, but in the second one, you really see that power take over and does some big things, and some things come back to bite him and stuff like that. Um, Shit with Fredo is dark. Oh yeah, definitely, and that's like how they they come to a finale. And really, what the series was going to be about, they eventually came out with the third one, which really wasn't all that good to me. It wasn't terrible. I mean, it was a good produced movie and stuff like that, but. I just didn't like it. it was a huge change. They tried to yeah. tie it in current events that were going on, and I just didn't like. I mean, Michael Corleone falls kind of by like the wayside with some like elderly problems, and a young kid takes over and makes some mistakes. Yeah, Vince Mancini. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean it's not terrible, but it, and it's isn't not... there like an incest plotline? Well, yeah, basically like the kid, the young kid that's like gets to take over is Sonny's son and he's banging Michael's daughter yeah crazy so it's basically cousins banging each other but um, I mean this is hey, not hey, hey, don't, 
Don't get any ideas there, buddy. <laughs> no, I, I I like some of the ideas in the third one, like with the church. Like getting wrapped up in the Roman Catholic Church, I thought was interesting. Yeah. The helicopter scene is pretty awesome. But, yeah, it's it's just doesn't feel the same. It's yeah, it's not up to, like, the first two Godfather movies. It's not up to par. No. But, um, I mean, it's worth the watch just to see it. Yeah. So that's really why I watched it, but... Uh, I've kind of I went on a little bit of a gangster movie spree. I saw Goodfellas, which I've seen a million times. It's a classic. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the best movies ever, definitely in that genre. Yep. Uh, but I also watched Donnie Brasco. Love it's it. Johnny Depp. It's a very good movie. Another Al Pacino movie. It's I've seen it before and I really liked it. This time watching it, I thought it was almost like a little corny, like a. Johnny Depp's, and at least at the start of the movie, I didn't think Johnny Depp's acting was very good. I thought surprise, it was very, kind of, almost like mailed in. Yeah, I but, think he's not that good of an actor, <laughs> looking back, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I, I do I, love I, that it's movie. definitely got some movies I love. I mean, Blow, one of my favorite movies of all time. But just like the start of this movie, like some scenes like talking to Al Pacino, it just seems very fake and stale and... I don't know if he was nervous or what, but it just didn't. Watching it again, it was it was clear to me that it just wasn't very great. Okay, I I then I don't want to rewatch it because that's <laughs> a movie that I have fond memories of. Yeah, but I have uh, two more to tie it up here. If that's Let's all right, go right ahead. All right, I mean, I, this is a movie I thought I had seen, but I watched it. Uh, it was on TV, so they stretched it out over hours with commercials. But me and my dad watched it, Zombie Land. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Woody Harrelson and uh, Jesse what's that Eisenberg. Huh? Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Emma Stone. It, I I loved it. It was my dad really liked it. And it's, I mean, it's a good comedy. It's pretty typical of that type of storyline where they have some trouble. It's a comedy, but then they end up being kind of a love story almost. But nice. it's a good movie. It's definitely worth the watch. It's I mean. Uh, Bill Murray's part's great in that movie. Yeah, nice cameo there. Yeah. And that director of Zombieland is making the Venom movie coming up with Tom Hardy. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. And last but not least, another classic. I mean, I say this, I've been saying this a lot, but definitely one of the best movies of all time. Saving Private Ryan. I watched that again recently. It's it's a long movie. I mean, I remember being really young when it came out, that first scene in Normandy, a beach invasion. I mean, it's graphic. It's brutal. A lot of people walked out of the theaters and stuff. Like, yeah. Just through that first 15-minute scene, and then it continues to go on with an incredible story. Tom Hanks' character in that movie is incredible. Really, all the characters. I mean, you got, like, Vin Diesel in that movie, Paul Giamatti. Who Sniper I, who, guy. Yes, yeah. He was a great, like, army character. So a lot of people I didn't even realize, like, I was so surprised Paul Giamatti had such a big part in that movie. I totally forgot, but that is an absolute classic. It's a long movie, but it's it's just everything about it is awesome. I think it's other than like Band of Brothers, it's one of the best rep- representations of World War II. Here's a hot take: one of the best opening scenes of all time, and then a little bit overrated after that, in my opinion. You think so? Yeah, I mean, don't get like that first fifteen twenty minutes is like wow, Heart incredible. Yeah. Like, as yeah. good as it gets. But then after that, still good movie, don't get me wrong, but a little disappointing after the way it started, in my opinion. 
Yeah, when I was young, I had trouble with that. Like, it starts off with that great scene, and then it slows down a little bit. But as I've gotten old, like, I'm a huge history buff, and I just really enjoy it. Yeah, you're hitting your real twilight years here. You really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, Chris, you said you saw Logan. I did see Logan. I, uh, we're reviewing that next week, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I thought it was good. A uh, little bit little bit upset, you know, child in me um, for few particular reasons yeah no but, spoilers <laughs> uh you know I, I it was a good movie it was definitely a good movie uh they did they did a little bit different with it uh showed some things r-rated movie oh yeah yeah, yeah they definitely i they, i they should have done that a long time ago i know <laughs> um very good uh they showed some different sides of things that it the, I don't know how to explain it. It it uh, it makes a lot of sense, um, but then again, it doesn't. Best of the Wolverine movies. Uh, depends on who you're talking to. I'm talking to you. I, I I don't think it's the best. Um, I definitely think that it's it's tied. Um, just because it is the R-rated version, they did very good with it, but. Everything about the movie was amazing except for two specific things in it, and that's what made it not the best for me, just because, like I said, the child in me got a little upset gotcha. over some stuff. But that was okay. In Anything else? Uh, I've been watching um, F is for Family on Netflix, uh, cartoon family guy type show. Yeah. Actually really good. I actually really enjoy it. Um, besides that, not much. Is that much. R-rated too? <laughs> it should be. <laughs> I guess they don't really rate their stuff. It's just no, but they say the f word a lot. So it's... <laughs> f is for family and the f word. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely up there All right. in the rating. All right. Well, I watched some stuff. I uh, I'll start with TV first. I'm going to be talking about Master of None on the Screen Verdict podcast uh, tomorrow night. Actually, we're going to be recording that, and that is a show that when it first came out. It stars Aziz Ansari. It's just a ha- like a half an hour comedy show on Netflix based around him. I really liked him. I like him as a stand up, and from the few episodes of Park, Parks and Rec that I've seen, he's really good. So when it first came out, season one, I wanted to give it a shot. Watched the first five episodes, was a little underwhelmed, and for whatever reason, I never finished the last five episodes of the season. So fast forward a year or so week or two ago looking for something to watch emptied my DVR got nothing else to go on so I'm just flipping through Netflix uh, my list and I'm like oh maybe I should finish season one of Master None because I hear season two is really good so I watched the rest of season one and loved it enjoyed it way more than I originally did um, the first time through and then went straight into season two which was even better. I think it's one of the best comedies on TV right now, or it's not really on TV, but on uh, any outlet. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it in more detail on the Screen Verdict podcast coming up. Also finished season three of Better Call Saul. The finale was Monday night. You watch that show? I've seen most of it. I have not seen the newest season. I really yeah. want to. Season three, probably my favorite season so far. <clears throat> this is a show that... As far as just you know, the way it's made, the quality of filmmaking on display, 
on this show. I don't think there's anything better on TV right now. Sure, Game of Thrones has the budget, and Leftovers was one of my favorite shows of all time, but just when it comes to pure filmmaking, Better Call Saul is just tip-top quality at the very top. And, uh, yeah, season three, I feel like the first half of season three, I think, was a little bit stronger than the second half, but still probably my favorite season of the show. Just gets better and better. Crazy ending. Um, Not going to say anything, but really, really uh, makes you want the next season to come as quick as possible. So definitely enjoyed that. On the movie side, actually got to go to the movies a couple times over the last couple weeks. Saw It Comes at Night, the horror movie, uh, two weeks ago. This is, uh, have you heard of this? I have, and I really want to see it. (laughs) I love horror movies. Yeah. It Comes at Night. Um, This is about, it's like a post-apocalyptic movie about this family, this husband, wife, son, and the movie opens up, so it's not a spoiler, it's literally the opening scene with the grandfather who's staying with them. He's got whatever this plague is that's going around, and they have to take, they have to shoot, they have to kill him and light him on fire to eliminate the body, and then it kind of just takes off from there where they run into this guy who's trying to break into their house. And it kind of, it just screws up their entire survival mood. So now they got this other entity that they have to worry about instead of just pure, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? And it's, I love the movie. It's my favorite movie of 2017 so far. Now I really got to watch it. <laughs> I, uh, the only thing, I will warn you and anyone out there, this is a love or hate movie. Like, it is incredibly well made. The tension is really well done. It's some really dark shit. I feel like it's everything The Walking Dead wants to be without the zombies. Like, this is the epitome of what The Walking Dead is going for, minus the zombies. But it is not necessarily a horror movie. That's <laughs> quite boring for some people. Yeah, well. See, I can't. The Walking can't even, Dead is so overrated. I, yeah, I, I can't even watch The Walking Dead. I've tried <laughs> to get into it, man, and I just... Yeah. It falls flat for me, and yeah. I just can't. But, like, this is, like, it just just gets into, like, who's the real enemy, the, you know, the zombies or the humans and trust issues when there's so much paranoia and fear. Like, this movie does it really well, incredibly well made, incredibly well performed, but the title and the advertising makes it seem like this horror movie where there's going to be these monsters and supernatural... And that's not really there. It's not. Necess- it's more like a psychological drama that's cool. than a horror movie. Uh, just so, just go in with that in mind because, literally, after the movie, we're walking out, and I just hear every single person that's walking out with us saying, "Are you kidding me? This movie sucked. That's some. I want my money." And I'm, I'm like, uh, I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was incredible. So. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the genre. I, I'm definitely going to check it out. I think I'm probably going to be on the same page as you. I think maybe some people couldn't follow it or maybe it dragged out too slow for them. But. Yeah, it is a slow burn, and where it ends, it's not like super satisfying in a traditional sense. And there's, it's called It Comes at Night, and nothing really comes at night. So, <laughs> Except for monsters under your bed. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I would recommend it personally. Just my, just don't hate me if you don't like it, because you're either gonna love it or hate it. I, yeah. I give it like a heavy eight and a half out of ten. It's 
it might make a run for my top ten at the end of the year. Wow. So. I actually just rewatched something and I've completely forgotten yeah, about it. I don't it. know if you guys have seen it. It's um Let the Right One In. Yes. I believe. The Swedish version or the American remake? Uh I've I've seen Subtitles. both. Yeah. I've seen both. It's um, awesome. It's all, yeah, it's in my top one hundred. Yeah, of all time, I love so. that movie, man. I, I I can rewatch that. I rewatch it every once in a while. I have it on my list. That's a really, really, really good movie. Yeah. I also like um well, Haunter is that the name? Or is that the, I've heard? Where, I haven't seen that one. It's um, it's about a girl. She uh, she's seeing. She keeps waking up, and it's the same day. It's her birthday. Okay. And come to find out, she, wow, that sounds familiar to yeah. a trailer. What <laughs> you're talking about? She actually died, and um, she's living her life, and she comes to realize that she died, and there's there's a man who. Um, used to own the house and he uh he's kind of in control um he's been dead the longest so i guess he's more powerful um he he had as a as a spirit or when he was alive he had killed um multiple multiple families that lived in that house and um you know she's she thinks that she's being haunted by ghosts and come to find out she is the ghost and she's being haunted by the people who are in the present time, you know, and she's in the 70s, and she just keeps waking up on this day, and and eventually um, she winds up breaking the cycle, but it's actually a really good movie. I liked it be, just because of the t- different take that they took on mm-hmm. it, where she was actually the dead one. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, that I've actually heard decent things about that, so I should check it out. I, I actually really like that movie. And then what's that... Um Shoot, that Nicole Kidman horror movie from the mid two thousands, early two thousands. Uh, I can't remember, but it kind of sounds similar to that. Uh, but back to let the right one in. The climax of that movie is awesome, oh, yeah. without oh, yeah. giving it away. That is like incredible in the I, pool, at the pool. It's so good. I love that movie. <laughs> well, I also went out to the movie theater on Father's Day with my father, of all people. To see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. This is a movie I was anticipating big time coming into the summer. Love the first one. It's my favorite Marvel movie that they've made so far. Love these characters and finally was able to get a chance to see the sequel, which adds Kurt Russell as as, uh, Star-Lord's father, Ego, and... Well, I'm definitely going to be reviewing this movie in full once it hits Redbox, but... Needless to say, I thought it was a great sequel, and probably not quite as good as the first one, but definitely not a disappointment whatsoever. It's, it's still doing the same things the first one did. It just That first one just was magical in the way it came out of nowhere. I think that's probably a big part of it, but I'd give it a solid 8 out of 10. And, um, yeah, don't be scared off by people saying, like, oh, nowhere near as good as the first. It's pretty close. Yeah, it's, I have to see the first one. Oh my god, it's so good. The first, I've seen the first one. It is good. Yeah, if you if you like sci-fi and it's more of a comedy than a just straightforward superhero movie, so it's funny. It's got really cool special effects and action sequences. Uh, great soundtrack. God, the soundtrack is so good. So really? yeah, highly recommend. Yeah, he's got someone superstar movie. Yeah, man, that guy came uh, Parks and Rec, but almost nowhere. Yeah. And uh, the last thing I watched was Snatched, the Amy Schumer, Goldie Hawn comedy. 
that came out this year where they play a mother and daughter who take a trip out to, or actually, uh, I, I love Amy Schumer. She's hilarious, but she, uh, she's with her boyfriend who's about to hit it big with his band and they have already non-refundable purchase tickets for to go to like some uh, Caribbean country, I think, or some kind of South American. I can't remember. I should know, but on some kind of trip and he breaks up with her. So she has to take her mom with her and it ends up that she meets this guy and then she ends up getting abducted, both of them, and fighting her way back out, which it sounds really dark <laughs> content-wise, but it's just a straight-up farcical comedy. If you, yeah. if you like Amy Schumer, you'll like a lot of the humor. I mean, I didn't think it was a great movie, but from based off the reviews, I thought it was going to be terrible, and I actually laughed quite a bit, so better than I expected. Just like a solid middle-of-the-road comedy. If you like Amy Schumer, you'll probably like it. But don't expect anything fantastic. Uh, six out of ten. Didn't wasn't a waste of time. It did drag on a little bit, even though it's already a short movie. After about forty-five minutes to an hour, I was like ready to wrap it up. But yeah. All right. That's what we watched. Let's get into pre-judgment day. Maybe the last pre-judgment day we do for a long time on this podcast, uh, because Casey Brady. He's making his return next week, and he's not super into watching trailers, so enjoy this one. <laughs> <laughs> First up is Black Panther. Speaking of Marvel movies, this is not the next one. That would be Thor Ragnarok in November, but the one after that in February 2018. It's finally Black Panther getting his own solo movie after making his debut in Captain America Civil War last year. I loved him his little small part in uh, Civil War and have really just liked this character in general for a long time. Never was super into reading his comics, but I read a few. Just thought I loved the character design and just the idea behind it. He's a king. Uh, he's got an awesome suit. And uh, I don't Yeah, the trailer dropped. And this has a lot of great actors. Michael B. Jordan... Chadwick Boseman, obviously, as Black Panther. Uh, gosh darn it. The the chick from 12 Years a Slave and Star Wars. Uh, I should know her name. But uh, the trailer, I thought the trailer looked awesome. Definitely lived up to my expectations. I love the way they showed like the tribal atmosphere mixed with that high-tech uh, spaceships and stuff like that. I just I love the way it looked thought the action looked like it could be cool. It doesn't really give away any plot details or specifics, so there's no spoilers, but just as like a, a vibe, giving out a vibe, I, I'm definitely excited for it. How about you, Brooks? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not, I've never been a big like comic book person, but just like from the movies, the Marvel Universe, I agree. I thought it was, the, the actor is a great fit for the yeah. character and Civil War from what we've seen and pretty sure like there's a lot of people that are very pumped about this movie and I don't know if it's like flying under the radar but I think there's like people who are expecting in the know are expecting big things from this movie it could yeah. be from what I've heard one of the best Marvel movies I don't know a lot about the character but like I said from Civil War I thought the actor is a very good fit for the character and the trailer looks sick there's a lot of great aspects in it and I don't think it's going to disappoint Marvel movies 
hardly ever do. So True. I think we can definitely, definitely expect big things from this. Yeah, the girl I was talking about is Lupita Nyong'o. Um, she's a great actress, young, up-and-coming actress. And the director is Ryan Coogler, who I... I mean, he's only made two movies, but I loved them both. Fruitvale Station was one of my favorite movies of that year, and Creed was definitely one of my favorite movies from 2015. I absolutely yeah. love Creed, which I know yeah. you disagree with me a little bit on that, but yeah, I mean, still was, pr- all right. promising yeah. filmmaker, for sure. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? I thought it looked amazing. Um, I Just like Brooke said, I think that he's made for that character. Um, just the vibe that he gives off playing him, I mean, I think it's perfect. Um, even though it's in the comics, I don't really know why it's such a futuristic city. Um, I think it's cool, but I would have liked it if it was just more normal, you know? Um, but Black Panther is one of my favorites. Um, I like his background, uh, and I definitely like his abilities, um, with the suit and everything. So definitely going to be seeing this. I definitely, it looks very, very, very good. It really does. And Marvel's just killing it. Uh, Thor yeah. Ragnarok I think looks awesome too I'm not even into the first two Thor movies like they're some of my least favorites I like the original yeah the first one's pretty good I I just don't like when they come to Earth with Thor for whatever reason it just doesn't it, like in Avengers movies it works for some yeah. reason but it, I don't know it feels a little cheap for whatever reason in his solo movies but this third one I like that it's taking place completely in Asgard and in the the gladiator arena with the hawk i think it's gonna be awesome so yeah let's move on to speaking of haunter and someone reliving their birthday slash death day over and over again we got happy happy death day which is basically groundhog's day if it was a outright slasher horror movie yeah that's exactly what i wrote my notes actually yeah that's pretty uh sums it up pretty well what did you think, Brooks? I mean, I, I, it has potential. I mean, horror, I feel like it's definitely, I mean, there's some great ones each year, but there's a lot of bullshit that comes out. I mean, like the heyday of, from in my lifetime, like horror movies like Scream and Urban Legends and, I mean, Cheaper Creepers. There's been a lot of, like, great horror movies. And, uh, so, I, I mean, it, the trailer caught my eye. I mean, it's like you said, it's basically Groundhog's Day, but she's got to figure out what, how, I mean, it's all in the trailer. She's got to figure out how to not get killed, basically. Who killed her and how to avoid it, yeah. Real quick, yeah, so, you, brought I mean, up, not, you brought up Jeepers uh, Creepers. Uh, how do you feel on the new one? I'm super looking forward to it. I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, like I said, it was like that was like the heyday for horror movies in my day. So I hope this like will live up to the expectations the trailer built up for me. I mean, the I don't know the actress, but I think she seemed like she'd be good in this character. And I I guess we're gonna really it's gonna be kind of like a horror thriller, like mystery solver as she tries to like get more details every day. Yeah, yeah. um... I think it's going to do really well at the box office just because of simple conceit. Um, something that I think people can hear, you know, Groundhog's Day horror movie and be like, yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. And I, I got a, like a Final Destination vibe about it where, you know, no matter what she does, she going to die. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it seemed interesting to me. I'm, horror movies are so hit or miss. Like, it could be good, it could be terrible, but I'm going to check it out. What do you think, yeah, Chris? Yeah, sure. Uh, sorry, Brooks. As soon as you said Jeepers Creepers, I got excited. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite. <laughs> I love those movies. Um, this movie... Where'd uh, you get those eyes? <laughs> um, this movie... the. The trailer, see, I didn't get the Final Destination uh, vibe from it. Now, see, I like the psychological movies like uh, Jacob's Ladder and stuff like that. Um, so I'm and Haunter. So I'm almost hoping that it's going to be more of a psychological uh, type of um, mess with your head, like butterfly effect type of thing, um, more than a slasher. Uh, when it comes to horror movies, I'm not a big fan of slasher movies. Don't get me wrong. Um, I love like Freddy Krueger. Um, I love Jason. I love I love uh, all of that. But they all have that uh, supernatural thing going on to them. The thing that scares me the most is the things that I don't understand, um, or the things that we don't know about. So that's actually what. I mean, it doesn't scare me, but it interests me enough to where those are my types of movies, um, like demon movies. Uh, Last Shift is a good one. Uh, that's actually really good. But um, I, I, I hope that it's not purely a slasher and it has more of that psychological, um, supernatural type of thing to it. That would definitely set the movie off for me. Um, it's such a trend now. We have, like, uh, killers with animal masks on, too. Yeah. That's, like, a big trope right now. Even if it doesn't uh, do that for me, even if it isn't more of that psychological type of a movie, I definitely it does look good. Um, I'm definitely going to be seeing it. Prediction on who the killer is, I can already say I think it's the guy she wakes up with in the very beginning. Now see, <laughs> I don't I forget what movie this was. Um, I watched a movie where the girl kept dying. She kept watching herself on a camera die every single night and then come back to life. And come to find out, it's the dude that she's, like, best friends with. He has the ability to bring people back to life. Um, <laughs> it's actually really good. I forget the name of it. Uh, I'm actually going to look it up. But now that now that you just said that, it kind of reminded me of that when she woke up and seen him. Yeah, could be. But uh, speaking of Final Destination vibes, I also got that vibe from Flatliners, which is a remake of the original Flatliners, because it's about these, I'm guessing, medical students who, mm -hmm. uh, they're chasing the high of dying, her stop their breathing, or stop their heartbeat for X amount of time, and then coming back to life. Yeah. Almost like it's a rush, almost like a drug addiction. And, um, yeah, and then it seems like shit hits the fan and, like, you can't cheat death. There's some weird shit starts happening to them where they're trying to get killed. And that also is very Final Destination. But I've never seen the original Flatliners. But, I don't know, it could be interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, that's exactly what I wrote in my notes for this one also. It's very Final Destination kind of vibe with, at least, like, in the trailer, the, the scene of, like, the effects, like, the car crash and stuff like that. Yeah. Had that very Final Destination look. Um, but, yeah, I haven't seen the, the original one either. I mean, this one's got, like, Ellen Page in it, and I think it's got potential. We'll see what the story line, like, really turns out to be. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it really... 
portrayed in the, in the trailer, but do they get, like, powers or something from doing this, or is it just, like, a high? So, I watched the original. It's not that they have powers. Um, have you ever watched Jacob's Ladder? No. Alright, so, it's sort of the same idea. Um, they've died, so when you die, it's the whole... I love her. She was in, uh... <laughs> sorry, we're looking at Perks one of the girls. No, she Let's was in, uh... Vampire Diaries. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, so... Yeah, she's kind of hot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so... They... Because they've gone to... They've died so many times, and they've been in that afterlife, and they've touched it. Um, it's almost like... It's almost like it's starting to creep in. It's almost like they're in a limbo, if you can think of it that way. Um, they're in limbo, so... They're living their life, but some of that... Uh after-death experience, and it's showing some of the things, like the darker things that, you know, people are scared of for dying. Um, uh, and it's like seeping into their life, almost. Um, I've seen the original, and it does look good. Uh, it's not as dark as the original, but that's basically what it is. It's not that they're getting powers. They're like, uh, their minds getting fried almost from doing this so many times. Um, and I mean, yeah, you could take it as they're hallucinating or something like that, but I take it as because they've been over into the afterlife so many times, uh, they're starting to become permanently affected by it, and that's just the way that I always perceived it through these types of movies. It's very, yeah. uh, supernatural. Yeah. If you <laughs> Anyway, that movie I was talking about, uh, where the girl keeps dying and the guy brings her back to life, it's called Come Back to Me. Uh, Brooks, you should definitely watch it. It's on Netflix. Everybody should watch it. It's actually really good. Alright. Yeah, definitely check that out. You heard it here first. And last, but maybe not least, uh, we're gonna talk Gypsy, a Netflix series that premieres, a new one, that premieres next Friday, June 30th, which... I'm looking forward to. I love giving new Netflix shows a chance, at least. You know, they have a pretty good hit-to-miss ratio, for the most part. And this one, to me, seems very interesting. stars Naomi Watts as a psychiatrist who really gets over-involved with her clients and kind of, like, it's very, it seems very psychological and, like, in... I don't know. Someone take it away. Brooks? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's definitely very psychological. Is it a psychiatrist or a psychologist? I can never... Yeah, I don't know what really was the difference. But that's basically what like what the trailer shows you. She's talking to a patient and makes... I mean, he like she like makes him almost in like a get-out sense of fall into a trance, like, pretend I'm your girlfriend. And yeah, talk to yeah. So I think it's going to be interesting, like you said, with Netflix... They hardly disappoint with their series to me. I mean, sometimes they fall off. Like, The House of Cards fell off to me. I really enjoyed the earlier seasons. But just speaking Netflix in general, I think they're going to be a big player in not only, like, the cable game, but also Hollywood. Like, I think they're well on the way to very much changing the game. They do really good. They produce very high-quality series, very high-quality movies. Um, But, I, I mean... Trailer really, I mean, gives you a little bit, doesn't give you a whole lot, but from what I saw of it, I think it seems interesting, and I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. 
when it comes out, so I'll report back. What do you think, Chris? Uh, not exactly my cup of tea. Reminds me of Lucifer, because uh, Lucifer and his psychologist. Um, but it uh, it it looks good. Um, not my cup of tea, but it does look good. Um, and just like they, just like Brooks and Bobby said, um, Netflix does not disappoint with their series and their movies. Uh, I give it to them. I mean, a lot of things that. I probably would never watch. I gave a shot because of Netflix, and it was good. Yeah. Um, and just like Brooks said, they're going to become a big player. I definitely agree because they make some good things. I don't know what it is, but they're doing something right. Except maybe War Machine, right, Brooks? Yeah, that was, that was a huge disappointment for me. Yeah. But, yeah, for the most part, 100% agree. Um, they're doing a great job of... Not only coming out with their own shows and some movies, like purchasing movies from film festivals like Cannes and Sundance and releasing them on their platform, like, uh, I can't remember the long-ass title of the movie we reviewed on here a while ago, or I Don't Think I Can Be Alone in This World Anymore, I think it's called, and then they have this movie Okja coming out next month that is getting great reviews out of Cannes Film Festival, so... Really enjoying what they're doing. Yeah, it's just—it's really astounding. I mean, I think like the basic Netflix plan is like seven ninety nine or something like that. I mean, it's a huge game changer. They—they they like provide a lot of great things. They always like swap titles, and I mean, like yeah. I know a lot of people are like upset with them getting rid of The Office and stuff like that. But like they brought Friends on. They—they they provide a lot of great content and very cheap, and it's yeah. a huge, huge contender. I, I never you can't beat it. Yeah, I never expected them to do what they're doing with their own series and their own movies. But I mean, all the power to them since it's so yeah, good. Such high quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean it really is. I was like, when uh, I seen Orange Is the New Black, I mean, I was not expecting it to be as good as it is. I mean, that's with a lot of Netflix yeah. series and Netflix originals. I did not expect that. Perf- that's <laughs> something I've never seen. I have to check it out. No offense to the Sci-Fi Channel, but oh, I kinda, garbage! I kind of uh, expected it to be like Sci-Fi Originals, like Sharknado or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I really did. Uh, Brooks, they did good. Orange is the New Black, very provocative opening scene in a shower, hooks you in, <laughs> and then a good a good story follows. So not, <laughs> you'll enjoy it. They're not too overly attractive, but I mean, <laughs> well, I like titties. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> we will wrap up this podcast. Uh, you can holler at me on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Brooks Fallon, P H E L A N. If you want to get to Chris, just send me a message, and I'll I'll, I'll pass it over. Yeah, I don't have a Twitter. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that'll do it for us this week. Thanks for listening. The return of Casey. Uh, shit, what was his name? Brady. <laughs> I know his real last name. I'm trying to think of his. Uh, Nickname that Edgar Chaput gave him. Uh, Casey Honest Man Brady. It's going to be making... That was really not worth it. Making his <laughs> return, uh, hopefully, if all comes through, to review Logan next week on the podcast. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Personality Like Mussolini
personality, the cult of personality, the cult of personality.